0: Welcome back, everyone. It's so nice
1: to have you back. Oh, okay. Let's everybody just calm down.
0: I'm Jared Hall from Entertainment Weekly, and here's what to watch on Tuesday, January 5th. We're counting down the top three must-see picks of the day, but first, your entertainment headlines. While British tabloid The Mirror is reporting that Jodie Whittaker's upcoming third season as the star of Doctor Who will be her last... The BBC, which produces and broadcasts the long running sci-fi series declined to comment to EW about her rumored departure. British actress Barbara Shelley, whose many credits include Doctor Who and is best known for appearing in horror movies produced by Hammer Films, has died after contracting COVID-19. She was 88. And Chris Rock has announced that a remix of his 2018 Netflix comedy special Tambourine will debut January 12th on the streamer. It's called Chris Rock. Total Blackout, The Tambourine Extended Cut. For other news, reviews, interviews, and much more, head over to EW.com. Trivia. This Is Us returns tonight on NBC. We'll have more on that later. Today's trivia question, what Pixar film was This Is Us creator Dan Fogelman's feature debut as a writer? 2001's Monsters, Inc.? 2003's Finding Nemo, or 2006's Cars? We'll have your answer at the end of the show, but for now, let's get into today's picks. Number three. Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist is back, and turning the volume back up, NBC's musical dramedy returns tonight for its second season, continuing the story of Zoe, who can hear people's inner thoughts and desires expressed through popular songs.
1: Now rise up and I'll do it again. It is your first day back at work. So come on, girl, get up! It's so nice to have you back. Oh, okay. Let's everybody just calm down. I hear people's inner thoughts, they sing
0: them to me. Season one of the show ended on a tragic note with the death of Zoe's father, Mitch. Season two picks up six weeks later as Zoe deals with the aftermath and tries to adjust to her new normal showrunner Austin Winsberg told EW, the season asks questions like, quote, How do we all move on after tragedy? What does it take to recover after such a big loss? How do we regain our equilibrium and create a new normal? When we started breaking this season, I had no idea just how timely and resonant some of these themes and ideas would be. As if that weren't enough, Zoe will also have to deal with two competing suitors vying for her heart. Fortunately, her BFF Mo is there to help. Well, sort of. We don't want to be in competition. Don't. You look so fine that I really want to make you mine.
1: Your problems. Which boy should I choose, the handsome one or the more handsome one? Which one is the more handsome one?
0: You can make that decision for yourself starting at 8 o'clock on NBC. Number two. If musicals aren't your thing, maybe you'd prefer some history? Netflix's latest original series is delving into a very specific topic, the history of swear words. And they've found the perfect host to take the audience on this linguistic journey. See if you can figure it out.
2: It is a thing of great wonder and mystery, quivering with complexity, strength, and resilience. However, also buried within a delicate femininity. And dare I even say... Naughtiness. Look one way and you see a gentle, feline innocence. Look another way and... Oh my.
0: That's right, Nicolas Cage is hosting this loud and proudly profane series exploring the origins, pop culture usage, science, and cultural impact of curse words. Etymologists, film critics, and other experts will join Cage along with guest stars including Nick Offerman, Joel Kim Booster, and Nikki Glaser, all in an attempt to get you to give an F about the F-word. Swear words.
1: They're the most popular and
2: alluring taboos we have. But the secrets to their strange power have been shrouded in mystery until now. Join me on a journey through the history, evolution, and cultural impact of swear words.
0: Words don't start out as swear words, they're just words. Somebody decided at some point that this is a swear word. There's an acronymic etymology, fornication under consent of the king. Yep, apparently the F word is an acronym. That's just one of the many insights you'll get in History of Swear Words six episodes, which cover, well, cover words that we can't say here. But hopefully you'll come away with a little more knowledge about why those are the words. We can't say. The series is streaming now on Netflix. Before we reveal our number one pick, EW staff writer Chancellor Agard is here to answer the question what you watching? All right, Chance, you are watching a show that uh, it's a big binge.
1: There are, are well over 200 episodes of this show. Tell us what you're watching. Smallville. I love that Smallville, if, if you don't know, was the WB slash eventually CW sort of Superman origin story that followed sort of a young Clark Kent in high school uh, before he suited up in the tights and learned, learned how to fly. It followed him as he sort of used his developing powers to sort of save the day in his hometown of Smallville and sort of follow him and his friends at high school and eventually to college and eventually to their jobs post-college. It's one of my favorites of all time and it was a really cool rewatch.
0: Ten seasons of this show, Tom Welling at the head of it as our Clark Kent. What did you learn about him on your second watch that maybe you didn't pick up on the first time around?
1: I think the thing I didn't realize is sort of how great he is from the beginning and I guess maybe it's just me just sort of taking it for granted In rewatching, I sort of realized how hard the role of Clark Kent must have been. Not only the pressure of playing Clark Kent, who eventually becomes Superman, and all the sort of cultural baggage that comes with that, but also just, like, the way that it was written, where he's this sort of kid who, especially in the first season, that's when he finds out he's an alien, and he's sort of trying to figure out what that means for him, and also sort of... This role could have been very cheesy because he, he believes that people are good. He believes that people are worth saving and his optimism it could be cheesy and corny, but I think Tom Lang does a really good job of selling it. On the other hand, part of the show, the conceit of the show, is how like only his parents know his secret, that he, that, that, that he has super speed, that he can see through buildings and all that. And so part of the gimmick is sort of him having to like constantly lie to his friends about how he saved them when he saved them in order to keep his <laughs> secret. And I think Tom does a really good job of sort of selling that that even though and I'll admit I got to be annoyed pretty early on about how off <laughs> like how gullible his friends were but like I think yeah. he did He part of the it works though because of his performance
0: well all 10 seasons of Smallville are available to stream on Hulu you can check them out there Chance thanks so much for telling us what you're watching thank you and that takes us to today's number one pick which we'll get to right after this quick break Today in entertainment history, the soap opera All My Children premiered on January 5th, 1970 on ABC. The original cast included Susan Lucci as Erica Kane, who would remain on the show for its entire run. All My Children was one of the most popular soap operas on the air throughout the 1980s and 90s, and hit number one in the 1978-79 season. The show ended in 2011 when ABC canceled it after 41 years. A Primetime Revival is now in the works at ABC, produced by AMC alums Kelly Ripa and Mark Consuelos. Number one. And now our number one pick for today, This Is Us. The NBC drama is back to pick up the Pearson family saga after the multiple cliffhangers of November's fall finale. How close are we to solving the mystery of Randall's mother? Who is that mysterious Vietnamese man who knows her? And will Randall recover from that embarrassing Zoom incident? Joining me now to discuss all of that and more is EW senior writer and resident This Is Us expert, Dan Snearson. All right, Dan, we have a lot to unpack here with this new season. That, um, that last episode gave us a lot of information. So let's start here with the Randall mother drama. There are kind of uh, a couple questions here. First of all, we know she survived what we thought was a drug overdose, but is she still alive today? Mm, you're asking all the right questions. We don't know
2: if she's still alive today. Uh, what we do know, like you said, he was told by William, his biological father, that his mother passed away shortly after giving birth. So this is interesting. So this puts a new Pearson in play, a a new relative into the picture. You know, we had William enter. We had Uncle Nicky enter. But yeah, we don't know. Maybe she died a few years later. Maybe she's alive. That's the big mystery. So that's probably question number one.
0: How quickly will Randall find out that his mother survived? Is this going to be the rest of the season kind of journey?
2: That's a very fair question with the way that the show has sort of doled out some of the (laughs) mysteries. But in this case, they're quick to assure this will be resolved quickly. You're going to get some real answers, or at least the start of those answers, in the very uh, next episode and the episode after that. So we're we're due to start getting uh, those those answers. And one question also lingering, maybe question number two is: William told him that that you know that Laurel, his biological mother, had passed. So did William not know? Did William intentionally mislead Randall? He's such a sweet guy. It felt like he was you know atoning for his past. It seems. It seems odd for him to be willfully deceitful, so uh, there's got to be another reason there.
0: They love giving Sterling K. Brown these very deep emotional storylines to uh, unpack, and, and he does a great job with them. So I'm, I'm excited to see where this goes, actually.
2: Yeah, absolutely. They've said, I think it's the second episode back from this two-month hiatus, is a big Randall discovering stuff from his past episode, which to me signals Sterling K. Brown Emmy nominated episode. Yeah. You.
0: You're saying it won't be from the from the Zoom thing where he's true. like stripping That's down true. accidentally on Zoom? That's
2: the best viral <laughs> uh, show. (laughs) dance video apparently like people reconnect with family in the strangest ways and clearly that will be the conduit because as we saw the vietnamese grandfather recognizes that you know that name he hears him use the name william hill so that sets this into motion
0: all right let's move on to one of the other big three now kate we learned in the last episode that she as a teen was pregnant so how quickly will she tell toby and is this going to create any kind of rift between them
2: So that that should always be right. The first question now is, how quickly are we going to find out the answer to whatever question is being dangled? The answer is, again, very quickly. So in this episode back, you're going to get those answers. Technically, three scenarios in place. The most likely one would be that she did decide to have an abortion. What leads you down that path, I think, is her conversation with Ellie, who is the expecting mother who's going to give up her, her daughter for adoption. When she confided to Kate that, she almost had an abortion. She said to Kate, you're not judging me, are you? And Kate was had a very startled look and they were just kind of lingering on it. So it felt like that touched off something in her. And then the third option, which seems the most uh, far fetched, would be, obviously, that she somehow hid this pregnancy for nine months and
0: then gave the baby up for adoption. I just don't see how that's plausible, but sure. And lastly, let's talk about Kevin. He and Madison are expecting twins and he had that really odd script read with the director of the movie he booked so where are things headed with him
2: yeah certainly he has a lot on his plate yet again i feel like we say that a lot uh for well most of the characters on the show but um he did tell madison his one night stand that he was quote all in and and you know being a parent and being a partner with her they're romantic now how might this movie impact that um you know things are being shot on the show they're reflecting the COVID reality. So uh, all this may factor in uh, the pressures of balancing those two things in the very next episode, we may find him, you know, at a bit of a crossroads, uh, you know, again, the struggle to, to balance uh, both those things as, you know, we're kind we're of deeper into that pregnancy
0: now. All right, Dan, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks so much for all your insight on This Is Us. Thanks for having me. It's time for the answer to today's trivia question. What Pixar film was This Is Us creator Dan Fogelman's feature debut as a writer? Your choices, 2001's Monsters, Inc., 2003's Finding Nemo, or 2006's Cars? Rev up those engines if you said Cars, because that is the correct answer. That is our show for today. We'll have more news and must-see picks for you tomorrow. Be sure to rate and review the show. And, of course, follow or subscribe to What to Watch so you don't miss our daily recommendations, more of which can be found at EW.com. I'm Senior TV Editor Jared Hall. You can find us on Twitter at EW, and I'm at Jared Hall. Thanks so much for listening, and have a great day. What to Watch. What to Watch is written by Tyler Akalina, edited and produced by Joshua Heller, produced and hosted by Jared Hall, and executive produced by Shana Naomi Crockmal and Carly Usdin.